bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. (laughs) This is Birds 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. And a good victory Tuesday morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365. You got Mackamac McMullen still in Kansas City, where the sun is shining brightly. I thought it'd be overcast and dank in yeah. Kansas City uh, after the result of last night's game. But it looks like the sun's up there. Not really here. Yet uh, the result of the game, very sunny here in Philadelphia with the Eagles getting a W last night. Johnny Mack, tale of two halves. Because the Kansas City Chiefs dominated the Philadelphia Eagles in the second half, in the first half, and then the second half, the Eagles just flipped the script. Yeah, does it sound familiar? It's exactly what happened in Super Bowl Fifty-Seven, except the opposite way. The Eagles dominated early. The Chiefs finished strong. So, a little bit of yin and yang. I don't, I don't know if the full revenge is back, but certain Eagles fans, as the Eagles said all week. They weren't going to give their rings back if, if we won the game, but it was an important game um, from the standpoint. You can see it. Uh, if you go back to Sunday, Detroit wavered, but they won. Uh, the Cowboys played well. The San Francisco 49ers looked like world beaters. Everybody won. The Eagles had to keep winning, and they keep winning. Kansas City, same on the AFC side, and all of a sudden they're looking up at Baltimore. Uh, for the number one seed uh, because of one loss. So that's the importance of this game. And the Eagles being able to get it done, you know, people probably get tired of me saying it, but, man, they just persevere and find ways to win. They're relentless. They're relentless. And once Andy Reid punted on fourth and four from the 39. And it turned into a touchback. Looked like Justin Watson. I have to obviously I haven't been able to watch the game again. Looks like he had an opportunity uh, to down it. And obviously that was the goal. They have a very good punter, Tommy Townsend, who's an all pro. But boy, that was a bad decision. Yep. That, that, that was a bad decision. And right then I said, eh, that's it, man. That that sends a message to your side. Eagles are fired up. They go right down the field. I think it was a Seven play drive, you get 
Jalen Hurts changing the play at the line of scrimmage, hitting the deep ball to Devontae Smith. Tush, push, bang, you're in the lead. Essentially, game over. Although, Mar Mar uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling had an opportunity, and that's just a terrible drop. I don't care what anybody says. That's a terrible drop, and that should have been, if not a touchdown, he might have been down because he was – Diving for it, he might have been down at the one or two yard line, and the Eagles would have been deep in it. But um, good win. A anytime you can beat a team like Kansas City on the road, that's that's a good win. And another aspect of last night's win, which I thought at least was key for me, I'm not sure how the Eagles feel about it, because I had said this here on Birds 365 over the last couple of weeks. When you're going through a season, you're, you're compiling your record, you're trying to get the best positioning that you can for the upcoming postseason when you're a team like the Eagles, who are certainly talented enough and should be looking toward the postseason. You like to accomplish a bunch of things. You like to check boxes. Well, one box the Eagles hadn't checked this year was a come-from-behind win where they were losing, where they had to rally as a group and, and come from double digits down. That's why I said when they're double digits down in the second half, then I'll say they've checked that box. They hadn't done it this year. Oh, they did it last night, down double digits in the second half, down double digits in the fourth quarter to be able to come back and win that game was huge for them last night. And uh, I, I don't think it was a segment you were on with us yesterday. I know it was a segment that you were on with me last week. When I asked one of our guests, of these three things, we know the Eagles check all three of these boxes, but if you could break them down percentage-wise for me, talent, toughness, clutchness. The Eagles are all three. What would you say is the percentage breakdown? Well, I got to tell you, last night, from last night's game, Johnny, the clutchness moves up a couple of percent for me. Because uh, as we've noted now a couple times, they were down. They were outplayed. They were handled in the first half. But when it got late in the game, when they needed to make plays in the second half, in the fourth quarter, the Devontae Smith pass and catch, there's a, there's a clutchness attached to that, to be able to do that in the biggest moment as the clock is running down. This team is just flat-out clutch, J-Mac. Yeah, they are. I mean, and and they have been. I mean, I think that stems from the quarterback. They're very they have a very quiet, calm confidence about them. Even when they're not playing well, they think they're going to win, which is an underrated thing. It's an intangible, so nobody can put a number on it. But they don't panic. Um, and you mentioned, eh, yeah, the 10, 10 points in the in the second half. They were they were down eleven in Washington. Um, no quarterback has played better one behind than Jalen Hurts. Now, they don't do it a lot, which is a good thing um, because you don't want to, you know, live on that. We've seen that with teams in the past, uh, and it usually regresses to the mean. So when they have been able to do it, they do it. Um, and, again, we're, we're week one of the 2022 season, so now we're at week 11. Uh, going into week 12, every single week, best record or tied for best record. That will continue again for uh, at least a couple more you weeks. I guarantee two weeks because they're up by one. They get, even yeah. if they lose two in a row, they can't lose yeah. it. So, I mean, it's pretty impressive to watch. And, and you know, when they beat teams like Kansas City, I guess it means a little bit more from the 
outside perspective, certainly the fan base, national media, things like that. I, I don't think it means that to them. They already know it, but they just they just find ways to win. That's a trait. That's that's a I always go back to Danny Green. Winning is a habit. Winning is a habit. They have a habit of winning. <laughs> they do. Um, and, you know, teams find themselves in that kind of deficit and that kind of environment and that kind of weather. Uh, uh, it rained the entire game. It wasn't supposed to, but it kept raining. Um, and, and and they never waver. And, and that's – you can't even get the feeling of – I picked them to win the game. Um, I thought it would be low scoring. So I, I wasn't perfect from that perspective. I think I said 23-16. Pretty close. Pretty close, John. Um, yeah. I, I, they're, they're just amazing in their ability to beat you in different ways. Because yesterday wasn't the offense. And the defense wasn't good in the first half. And all of a sudden, the defense clamps down in the second half. Um, and they take advantage of those mistakes. You know, maybe Andy Reid's not the first guy to lay up uh, and make a bad decision in in the modern game, but they take advantage of that kind of stuff. And it's like, oof, maybe you can get away with that against somebody else, but you're not going to get away with that uh, with the Eagles. And and like I said, that particular decision. And that just shows you, because that's one of the greatest coaches of all time. I don't think anybody can debate that any longer. But that type of decision, that sends a message to both teams. That sends a message to your team, too. Um, and we're trying to play conservative because we probably are lucky to be ahead of this team. And then, bang, it turns on a, on a, on a, on a dime. Now, Kansas City was able to persevere because – Patrick Mahomes is a great player. Nobody's going to say anything differently. And again, if MBS makes a simple catch, they they probably win the game. So I don't think the Eagles played well by any stretch of the imagination. And when you don't play well, the margin of error, do, 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 you know, it decreases. So, and that's what it was. The margin of error was a ball bouncing off the hands of MBS. But that's not the first time that's happened. Talent fans can tell you that. Talent, toughness, clutch. You add luck into it. That's how you win football games because they got a little lucky that Marcus Valdez did drop that football. When you have all three of those things going your way, and the Eagles did last night, you find a way to win against one of the best teams in the National Football League, the defending Super Bowl champions in their house against the coach who just doesn't lose after a bye and has never lost to the team that he formerly coached. They they did away with a bunch of demons last night, John, because of talent, toughness, clutchness, and a little luck involved on the Marcus Valdez-Scandling uh, drop. You take it. Uh, one thing we do have to note about the Eagles, that despite their 9-1 record, they, they, they're 9-1 despite the, this fact, they haven't been a turnover-led team. In years gone by, certainly last year when they go to Super Bowl and lose, they were always on the plus side of the turnovers. They haven't gotten a ton of them this year. They haven't uh, gotten interceptions. They haven't forced fumbles. They've been on the downside. Jalen's thrown a couple of picks, and he threw another one last night. Don't think it was his fault, but he did throw another one last night. Those two defensive turnovers 
in the red zone. The Bayard interception and the uh, Roby punch out both were huge last night and ended up with the Eagles plus one. Uh, that that's if they can keep that aspect of their game going, uh, they're certainly going to be going back to the playoffs. They're probably going to be the number one seed. It was nice to see the Eagles on the plus side of the turnover ratio last night. Yeah, and it was Bard and Roby. So, you know, it was, you know, the two newcomers, the two guys are supposed to settle things down in the secondary. And, you know, with Bayard, he he had a really good game. He had a reputation of having some good games uh, uh, against Kid Travis Kelsey when he was in Tennessee, or at least as good a games as he can have. Um, and he looked like he baited Patrick Mahomes on that throw uh, from overhead. He, he had a beat on that from the moment it left Mahomes' hands. Uh, so that was a really impressive play live. And then Roby stripping the football um, uh, from Travis Kelsey. Uh, that's big. And Kelsey was really upset, pounding the turf. Uh, he knew the kind of mistake that was. Um, but, you know, I was talking about it. Leading up, not that they have what they were, not that Byers an all pro any longer, not that Roby's a, a top tier cornerback any longer, but they know how to play. They did, and those are two examples: veteran savvy plays. Um, in, in the case of Byers, beating the best quarterback in football. In the case of Roby, not giving up on a play at the very last minute. Kelsey's thinking he's got a big first down. And bang, punches the ball out. Um, you know, that's the kind of stuff, not that Sidney Brown or Eli Ricks don't have talent. That's the kind of stuff that's not going to happen with them. And maybe it will down the road, but not right now. Um, yeah. I mean, And from those two particular players, that's even bigger than just the turnovers in general. They did a great video breakdown of the Kelsey fumble on NBC Sports Philly last night after the game. They had him bracketed. He made the catch, but they had three tackles around him, one on each side and Roby right in front of him. And Joyce was breaking down the video. He said, this is why Roby can make this type of play because he knows if he misses, you take a punch at the ball, you miss at a guy like Travis Kelsey, he's going to go by you and he may even get into the end zone from where he was positioned on the field. But he knew he had help from his teammates, so he said, I'm going to try and make a play here. And that's exactly what he did by punching the football out. So uh, give Roby credit for it, but his teammates were in position to help him make that play. I got a Roby question for you because he was the guy who got beat on the Marquez Valdez scandling thing. You wipe your brow and go, okay, get back to the uh, line of scrimmage. Um, he did not play the entire game. Last night, Bradbury played the entire game. Uh, uh, Slate played every single snap. Blankenship was out there for every single rep. Uh, Byer was out there for every single play. They did rotate Brown and Ricks in again last night with Roby playing, I think, just slightly over 50% of the snaps. It, it just physically not ready, still coming back from that knee. Uh, I, I thought uh, with him coming back and being, as you just stated, just the knowledge of knowing how to play the position being that much more than the other guys they've run out there. Wonder why he didn't play uh, as many snaps as the other guys in the secondary. Well, the slaps in the slot, I think, I think you're right. Um, 
you know, he's not ready to play an entire game yet. Remember, he didn't have training camp, then he misses uh, three games, didn't have a preseason. So he played 44 uh, snaps, 56%. They had 79 total. Um, and then uh, Ricks was at uh, trying to look for Eli. <clears throat> Brown played more than Eli, but Eli got snaps too. Yeah, well, yeah, that I was getting the Brown. Um, they rolled out, which is a good thing. Um, uh, a a big nickel look, a three safety look. So that was a new uh, new wrinkle from Sean Desai. We talk about his new wrinkles and uh, be willing to do certain things, uh, which I think is good. Ricks was at thirteen, so those were the slot snaps. Uh, Sydney was playing safety, uh, and they would they would bring Bayer down into essentially the second linebacker position, which is what a lot of teams are doing. And obviously, Reed Blankenship is the other safety. Um, a lot of teams around the NFL are doing that now. Um, whether you want to call it big nickel, whether you want to call it dime, putting all these D-backs on the field, the Eagles probably didn't feel comfortable with that kind of Look, so when we talk about losing to Kobe Dean, how are they going to handle that? Um, well, part of it is they they unveiled this big nickel on mostly obvious passing downs with Sidney Brown and Reed playing safety and Kevin Byard playing essentially a glorified linebacker. So they 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 did it a couple different ways, but yeah, I think um, Roby's also there. Are, he's still on a pitch count. But he played quite a bit, and he played effectively. And they want to. And by the way, they're trying to serve two masters as well. They want to continue to develop, uh, obviously, Sidney Brown and and Eli Ricks. And they saw some good things from those two particular players. But last um, night, no, in in general. Okay. Um, but because um, I want thought, to keep. I thought they both. Well, no. Uh, Rick's is big, uh, probably he took a bad penalty and it was a righteous penalty. Got called it. A yeah. Yeah. And I, I think as the stakes get higher, the numbers will probably go more heavy Roby as long as he stays healthy. But, um, Sydney's a player that I think you'll still see, uh, that big nickel cause he, he's, He's quite the athlete, and if he can start, if it starts to click, um, he can he can help them. Yeah, it's got to start to click because he got beat a couple of times last night too. Uh, when they were in, neither Ricks nor Brown made any big plays. So I I I do appreciate the fact that they're trying to get both of those guys up to speed because they're rookies and they could be here for years and they could be major contributors for the Eagles. And you do want to not only take a look at the small picture, but the big picture as well. Yeah, I'd narrow focus a little bit more on the small picture than the big picture at this stage when you're nine and one and you're it's in the midst of a Super Bowl run. All right. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We're opening it from our guy, Jeff Carr. You know, he usually joins us Monday after the Eagle game, early spot. Well, the Eagles didn't play till last night. So uh, Jeff Carr is supposed to join us. Coming up next, we got plenty to continue to break down on the Eagles win over the Chiefs here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. 
go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. John McMullen and Jody McDonald. Mac and Mac here on Birds 365 after a come-from-behind 21-17 Eagles win over the Kansas City Chiefs on the road in Arrowhead last night. Johnny Mac was in the house. He's still in Kansas City uh, returning today. Uh, you know, I ask you this after every uh, road game uh, and try and judge it by TV. You get a much, much better uh, look at it uh, live in the stadium. It sounded like a very pro Kansas City crowd. We've seen enough Eagle games where the fans go in and quote unquote take over the stadium and they're as good a traveling fan base as there is in this town. Didn't sound like they got good video shots of the group that were there, but it uh, just judging by volume didn't sound like a heavy Philadelphia crowd. Uh, the Chiefs kept their home field advantage last night, Johnny Mac. 
Yeah, yeah, that's not a place you can take over unless they're going to allow you to. Um, but, you know, there were a smattering of Eagles fans and they were loud for um, certain situations and obviously at the end of the game. But and there always is. But, yeah, that's, you know, I always say you can only take over an opposing stadium if the opposing fans allow you to. Mm -hmm. um, and Kansas City at this stage is certainly not going to be one of those. But uh, they were upset at their own team at times, um, especially in the second half. They're getting, a, they're a little bit spoiled. I would say Eagles fans are a little bit spoiled now, and they are. Uh, Chiefs fans are probably even more spoiled. And they haven't been doing well offensively for now for over a month, and they're getting frustrated with it, which is kind of. Um, it's always, I get it, but it's, you know, I'm like, come on, give them a little rope. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but in watching last night's game, I thought it was funny. The first thing I said today, Taylor, two halves, Eagles, not good in the first half, rally and get the win much better in the second half. You said it's the basic same thing that happened last year in the Super Bowl, only in reverse. The Eagles were on the right side of it last night, on the wrong side of it the year before. And I'll say the same exact thing about the quarterback matchup. No doubt in my mind, Patrick Mahomes was a better quarterback on the field last night. The same way Jalen Hurts was the better quarterback in the Super Bowl last year, but Mahomes won the game. <laughs> last night, I thought Mahomes was the better quarterback on the field, but Jalen Hurts won the game, and that's the most important thing. How many balls did Kansas City receivers drop on Mahomes last That is season? a bad group, Jody. Oh, <laughs> that, is a, that is a bad group. And uh, even Kelsey, you know, a couple drops. He had one. to drop Absolutely. at the end of the game. <clears throat> and he had to fumble as well, as we mentioned. So uh, typically you don't see that from him. But, yeah, I mean, Justin Watson is getting 11 targets. I'm looking at, I mean, uh, hey, that tells you where they are. And you see that Rasheed Rice has got some skill and maybe he can develop. He's the one guy. Um, you see, all right, there might be something there. But he's very raw at this stage and he got to wait. And then the Hardmans and Tonys and, and Sky Moores, you see what they're trying to do. They have athleticism. They're trying to create, you know, not what they had with Tyreek Hill, but some, some of the same ability to stretch the field. Uh, both vertically and horizontally, but they're just not good receivers. I mean, that's the underrated part of Tyreek Hill. He can do all that stuff with the motion. But, oh, he can target the football and run routes, and he's a great receiver. Those guys aren't great receivers. Um, Tony was pretty good on punt returns again. I will say that. The Eagles seem to struggle with him on punt returns. But... Except the biggest one where Joe yeah. made a great play. Yeah, that was great down play, late but... in the game. That and was I've been huge. talking about Josh and Calais Ringo for weeks, uh, turning around that special teams unit. Um, and you saw it up close with Josh Job there. That was great at a big moment. Um, so, yeah, that but that group, that group isn't good, uh, you know, and we'll see. Short week, Buffalo's coming in. Now you want to turn Josh Allen over uh, a couple times because he's going to allow you to at least, uh, but, you know, step on digs. And we'll see where they are mentally. 
Um, there will be tougher tests ahead at the wide receiver position, no doubt about that. Last night in the game, tell me if you got a feel on this. Mahomes is different than every anybody else in the league. He just has abilities and can do things and does things differently than anybody else. Just making plays off schedule and stepping up and on the fly and left and right. Do you think he looks to do that quicker than maybe he needs to? I want to give the Eagles defensive line a lot of credit. You know, you and I go back and forth all the time on sacks versus pressure. <clears throat> And you give more credence to pressures than I do. I know what it could lead to, but sometimes guys step up out of pressure and throw a 45-yard touchdown pass, and it's checked off as, ooh, it was a pressure. Well, who the hell cares? Um, last night, the pressure that the Eagles defensive got did have Mahomes moving. And I just got the feeling that he likes to move, that he wants to move that he thinks that that helps him and maybe helps with his wide receivers. Didn't help him much last night because they kept dropping the ball. Um, do you think Mahomes is quicker to get out of the pocket than any other quarterback in the National Football League? Um, I, I I would have to watch every game. He's certainly one of them. Um, but impression is what I'm asking. Yeah, I mean, he enjoys extending play. Like one of the things – for all the accolades, and again, I said it deservedly so, that Andy Reid gets. And by the way, Nick Sirianni, this counts for Nick Sirianni as well, and Shane Steichen and Brian Johnson. A lot a lot of their success is the unscripted play of the quarterback. The stuff that is just whatever you want to frame it as, schoolyard, ball, whatever, you know, just are right, you go here. Uh, and I'm I'm going to make a play, um, and he does that better than anybody. And Jalen's, you know, top five as well. Yep. Um, and you know that kind of gets lost in the sauce when everybody's giving all their flowers to play callers or coordinators or head coaches. Um, and that's why I always say, when anybody asks me those questions, you were talking about what are the three categories. Um, talent, toughness, clutch. Talent, toughness, clutchness. The Eagles are all of the above, but talent is number one, and talent will always be number one. And you know, the one but, thing I said, but on a, on a given night, maybe one of the other still two, because talent's got you in a position to use those other two things. But uh, and uh, I always say the most honest thing Nick Sirianni has ever told me. And everybody else is, show me a good coach, and I'll show you a bunch of good players. Um, and we're seeing it with Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick's not a bad coach. I, he, he didn't wake up one day and say, oh, I forgot everything I know about football. Not a bad coach. Andy Reid, his last year here, when he won four games, wasn't a bad coach. He, he, even the best coaches can't win without talent. That's why I always pick talent, uh, number one. Great on a curve, because you're right. The talent should win the day every single day. <laughs> but on a given night, some sometimes some other things pop up and at least make it close, if not outdo talent. But when you're looking at the big picture, 17 games, an entire season, oh, talent is going to drive the bus uh, every single year, year in and year out. Um let me ask you about a uh, Brian Johnson slash Nick Sirianni play call last night. 
and you were in the press box, so you might not have heard this. And Aikman second guessed it, and I'm watching the TV, and I'm going, "Yeah, I'm 100% what you try." I was thinking the same exact thing. Eagles in the second half in Kansas City territory got a nine-yard gain on first down, so they got second and one, and they go to the tush push and. <laughs> They push him forward, and Jalen gets three yards. He gets the first down easily and tacks on another couple on top of it. And Aikman specifically said, you know, I'd hold that one back for third and one. If you know it's a lock, if you know it can't be stopped, you know how good you are at running it, and nobody in the league has proven they can come close to stopping it. Why not take a chance on second down? Why not try and make a big play there because you got it in your arsenal now? You got to be able to protect the quarterback. And last night, Kansas City did some pretty good pressurizing and got aggressive. And I wouldn't be surprised if Spags had uh, brought a blitz on that given play if it had been a different call other than the tush push. But I still agree with Aikman. That that's a that's a take a shot play. It's almost like guy jumps off sides. Who did was it was it Mahomes or was it? Yeah, I think Sweat jumped offside last night. Mom took a shot down the field. When you get a free play, you take a big play. You go for a big play. Uh, I thought the Eagles should have taken a shot there. Now, it ended up not hurting them because they got the first down. They go go on from there. But why not take the shot on a second and one when you got a tush push in your back pocket for third and one? Yeah, I mean, that's I get it from Troy's perspective. I'm, I'm trying to think of the, the exact play. What, what, what was uh... – what was the situation again? I know, I know their first, they didn't convert a third down until the third quarter. Well, see, that, that wouldn't have been third down. That was second down. No, that's what nine I'm yards saying. on first. So oh, you're saying, saying. They, they feared they couldn't complete a third down. on no, third I would have taken my saying, chances there. They're, they're, they were very weak, which is very uncharacteristic on third down there. They came in number one and they didn't convert a third down until the third quarter which was on a tush push. I'm trying to think of, it's always from a quarterback's perspective. Yeah. Second and one's always, let's take a shot. Let's take a shot. But you know, that's why I was trying to look at the play after and where they were and what they did. Um, and I forget, I'll try to look it up in the break, but um, it, it, you know, I, 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 I don't think it was a great offensive game to say the least. Uh, I always criticize the bubble screen. The the Eagles seemed to go all bubble screen at one point, uh, which was driving me personally insane because I don't think they do it well. Um, and then they'll argue they, well, yeah, but we set up the inside screen to Swift. They got that going a little bit. They were obviously, because of the first half, they were struggling, which is rare for them. Uh, with the pass rush of, of Kansas City, they couldn't block Chris Jones in the first half. They just couldn't. Um, and that's a great player. I just talk about talent. That's a that's a great player. And sometimes you got to tip your hat to to the other team as well. And they couldn't block him. They couldn't convert a third down. And I think that affected their uh, thought process in the second half a little bit, probably too much. Um, and they were probably too conservative and they weren't converting third downs. They didn't have a lot of offensive plays. They didn't really click until, as I said, Andy Reid made the bad decision. Then they seemed to get a little bit of jolt of confidence. And all of a sudden you're throwing a deep shot to Devontae and bang, 
Uh, you got the lead. Um, but I don't think it was an impressive offensive performance. But I get it from Troy. Troy's always going to say, second and one, take a shot, take a shot. That's a quarterback. Take a shot. Second and one, take a shot. Um, yeah, I, but I don't care if he was a defensive lineman. He, I agree. Uh, I'm not yeah. going to discount Aikman's opinion just because he's a former quarterback. I'm not discounting he's right. it. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm not discounting it. I'm just saying, yeah, but you can't do it 100% of the time. And that's when I want to look at what happened in, in the situation. But I don't remember it all. Uh, you know, I got three hours of sleep maybe. So I'm not, I'm not as sharp. I don't remember the exact situation. But uh, in general, yeah. Second and one is the time to take a shot in general. Um, where where are you on the field? Obviously, you want to be generally near midfield or a little bit uh, plus uh, when you're doing it. A lot of things factor into it. I think they were in plus territory, as a matter of fact, just past midfield. Um, one guy who did, and the Eagles certainly the second half offense, one big play, to be truthful with you, was the Devontae Smith pass. But other than that, the key to the offense last night was DeAndre Swift. He had a pretty damn good game, Johnny Mack. I know from time to time you say the Eagles running back room is good. It's not great. Um, DeAndre Swift was pretty damn good last night. He was, for me, their best offensive player. If you look the entire game across uh, the entire four quarters, the most consistent and the best offensive player was DeAndre Swift. Yeah, this is always going to be a chicken and egg thing with people because Jalen was back uh, in the run game. And uh, again, it's not if people look at the box score and they say, well, he only had 29 yards, but now he was running the football um, and he was he, he was back pulling it. And, and that opens things. The most impressive part, I would say, about DeAndre Swift's game was was the receiving aspect. They got him involved with those inside screens. And on, yep. they would almost throw the bubble screen and it would fail or they get two yards. And then they would throw the inside screen and DeAndre Swift would have a little bit of room and they kind of set it up that way. But getting him involved in that aspect was a big thing. Uh, the running, I tr they, they got him loose on that jet sweep. By the way, Nick used more motion that he usually move, uses. They were using jet orbit, traditional motion, way more than they typically do. Um, and and he got loose on the one jet sweep, I think, for 35 yards, which is a really good run. And that was perfectly executed. The timing, remember, that's a road game. And he was running full speed when he took that um, jet sweep. Um, and he got, and he got loose. And that was a, that was a really, that shows off his strengths as, as an athlete. Um, but yeah, when challenge involved, it's just, their running game's better. So, um, and they got the quarterback draw for a touchdown. We haven't seen that in a while. Untouched. Yeah. So yeah, when he's involved, it, it becomes easier for the backs. It makes uh, it makes everybody's life a little bit easier when when hurts are kind. Of, and they had one play last night. I was kind of surprised, at least the way they described it on on the air. Um, it looked like it was probably going to be a quarterback draw. It was a, a play out of gun, and Jalen took a step forward and was immediately dropped. 
and looked like a sack to me. And they said, they'll judge that one as a run because it looked like usually with the official scores, anytime a quarterback gets dropped in the backfield, it's a sack. It's not considered a run. That's why betting quarterbacks rushing yards are usually pretty good because when they get sacked, you don't lose any yard because it's considered <laughs> a sack, not a right yeah. play. Jalen did take a loss on a run last night. So I think that cut back his numbers. And yes, again, a couple of tush pushes, which is going to cut into the average yard per carry. But you're right. Last night, I'd say about three times he specifically took off either. And one, of course, was a touchdown. Uh, and at least twice uh, others where he got positive yardage, picked up a first down, got to the six sticks. Yeah, he went into the slide, but he had already made a significant enough gain that I didn't even worry about him going into the slide. You think that uh, Spagnola and his defense gave Jalen the proper respect and that opened things up for Swift in the second half? Yeah, I do. And and really running the football he was better in the, in the first half than the second half. I think it was you know, the inside screen a little bit. Uh, and he only had three of them, but they were pretty effective. Um uh, in the passing game, but early they were running the football pretty well with DeAndre. And he, he, again, he had, what do you have? 76 yards and 35 of them, as I said, are on the one jet sweep. So, um, but that counts and, and they're a little bit better and they better than the, they've been better than they have been. Um, and even Boston Scott got involved a little bit. Uh, and, yeah, I think they're just better when Jalen's involved in the running game. I don't think. I know it. And, you know, plus one. And that's all those types of quarterbacks. When they get involved, it makes it easier. Whether it's Khalil Herbert when he's healthy in Chicago, when Justin Fields is out there, and Lamar Jackson, Jody McDonald can get rushing yards, I'm convinced, with Lamar Jackson out there because it doesn't matter who they wrote. They're like – they're like the Mike Shanahan Broncos where they just wrote, all right, let's rotate this guy in and he'd get a thousand yards if he gets enough carries. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, those guys just help the running game. And Oh, by the way, and I cashed on this again last night, Mahomes is one of the more underrated Russian quarterbacks in the national football league. Because he's yeah, he Patrick is. Mahomes and people go, oh, he throws the ball all over the place, throws from different angles, he throws from sidearm or whatever else. And the Eagles got pressure last night, Johnny Mack. Uh, again, you and I talk pressures. I got to give the Eagles defensive line credit. They didn't get home. They didn't get sacks. But they, they got, got one pressure. right away, too. Right, right, right away. off the bat. It was yeah. done. Was it the first or second play of the game? I don't remember. Where it was I think one it or the was other. This- yeah, what first or it's second? Short, yeah. short completion on first down. And yeah, yeah, second. Just... And, and, and they were trying to chip him and just completely missed. And, uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, the, the tackle's got to know the tight end's chipping. The tight end's not completely taking him on the play. He isn't going mano a mano with uh, Hassan Reddick on a pass-blocking assignment. No, he's just trying to lend you a helping hand. The tight end chips, and then the 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 – tackle doesn't even bother he's late and engaging with yeah. one of the best pass rushers in the national football league not good by the way uh, uh, hassan was hilarious after the game talking about Jawan taylor where he lines up you know he's basically a fullback where he's lining up i don't know he he lines up so far off the line of scrimmage um i don't know i don't know the nfl's got to fix that but uh 
he was yeah he was he was laughing about it it's it's funny after you win the game but obviously if you lose it, it, it you're like what's going on there right um, but it's yeah i think you and i talked about this leading up to the game it's like the perfect timing of lane johnson I don't know that it's always perfect. Sometimes I think he gets a millisecond head start in pulling before the ball is snapped, but they never call it on him. And the same thing, if you know Taylor's going to be lining up what is usually further back than every other tackle in the game, well, that's what the NFL Yeah, that's part of it. I, 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 yeah, I'm not, I only bring it up because Hassan uh, was, was complaining about it in the locker room. Um, yeah, do you think yeah, other you know, defensive ends complain about Lane Johnson with his? Uh, oh, man? sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, but you know, when you see it up close, it's 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 kind of funny. But yeah, I mean, that's part of it. I don't complain about officials in general because there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do about it. And last night, I I don't think the officials played a big part in that game. I, I don't think there was a major call that I said what the hell are they throwing a flag on that for? That's just not right. You haven't been called all game or any egregious miscall. I actually thought the referees did a pretty good job. Uh, if you're if you're not noticing them, and I didn't notice them much last night, means to me they did a good job over the course of the game. Yeah, I, I, I uh, there's uh, this uh, Twitter account and uh, X account, excuse me, I want to give credit to uh, because they do all the work. Uh, at NFL ref stats um, and they actually break down each game each week uh, with the crews and uh, they send me the information every week and uh, I, I did think it was interesting um, I'm trying to pull it up as we're talking um, Sean Smith who was the referee is very Typically, the home team loses when he's the official. So maybe really? the Eagles got a break. Yeah, um, maybe the Eagles got a break. Uh, his, uh, I'm trying to pick it up. Yeah, his I know. Crew they're, number they're... One, his, his crew is number one calling unnecessary roughness and number two for defensive pass interference penalties. They call 51 percent of the penalties, which is essentially right down the middle. Uh, on the home team. Home teams, though, are an NFL worse one and nine with Smith in 2023. So one and eight. So it's now one and nine. Uh, one and nine, the home team for Sean Smith. So if you want to bet some money. <laughs> yeah, last last night was a chance to take advantage of that. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You got those stats in front of you. I think that crew is one of the least holding flag crews in the national football league they're coming into the game they if you're telling me they throw a lot of pass interference on that roughness penalties i wouldn't be surprised but i don't think they call a lot of holding and there were plays last night where i absolutely believe the eagles defensive line was held but i believe there were plays when the eagles offensive line was holding that they let go there was the one on uh zacchaeus on the end around i think it was a swift touchdown whereas no questions asked he was holding on the play and the players certainly uh complained about it and they showed video at least on the replay. oh yeah the eyes yeah that's the one yeah. i saw yeah that was that was holding so, so that it, was goes, it goes both ways and yeah. i believe this is a crew 
that going to give you a little latitude. They're going to let you get away with it a little bit. Uh, he, did, he did mention holding. The, the, the Chiefs are the top, our top three penalized team for offensive holding coming in, while the Eagles were the least penalized for offensive holding. Uh, Smith's crew all these calls below average uh, below in average, that category. Okay. In that's that what, category. That's what I thought, and that's what I saw last night. They let them play, and there wasn't – egregious calls for me missed on on either side i don't think refereeing played a huge uh, uh amount in that game um but here's Where's one... our buddy jeff kerr i just realized where the heck's jeff i gotta text jeff yeah i text him and he hasn't responded to me just yet so i don't know where uh, kerr is this morning um Here's one of the narratives that will pop up, uh, Chris. Uh, not not here on Birds 365, not in Philadelphia, but nationally, because you've heard it, I've heard it. Um, last night's game, and I thought Mahomes played very well and making plays up as the Eagles were pressuring him and having balls dropped all over the place by wide receivers and the best tight end in the NFL and maybe one of the best tight ends ever just blatantly dropped the ball that hit him in the hands. So I thought Mahomes got a bit of a raw deal. But there'll be some who say Mahomes had a, a significantly better game than Hurts because Jalen Hurts once again had no touchdown passes. On a game where he runs it in twice, and there are only three touchdowns scored by the Philadelphia Eagles, there are only five touchdowns scored in the game, and he's the only guy who gets two touchdowns who the hell cares whether he throws it in or runs it in if the team gets a touchdown and he's a big part of it and running it in to me would be a big part of it. Does it matter, John, whether he throws it or runs it? I hate the narrative that, oh, Jalen didn't throw any touchdown passes. So what if he runs to win? It doesn't matter that he doesn't throw any. Yeah, I know it doesn't matter to the Eagles. I know I know that. It shouldn't matter to anybody is my point. Well, when you're talking about individual awards, yeah, it matters when people are talking about that. It matters to fantasy football people and all that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. You get more <clears throat> points in fantasy football for running it in and tossing it in. Yeah, well, it matters to fantasy players. Yeah. Fantasy players love it. You get more points yeah. for running it in. I admit I'm not an expert on fantasy football, but uh, yeah, it, does, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, what 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 is the difference between whatever the 40 yard throw to Devontae Smith down to the one yard line. And then he tush pushes it in. I mean, what the, what the heck is the difference, whether Devontae gets it or um, Jalen gets it now, you know, from a player's perspective, sometimes that stuff matters to um, contract, uh, 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 you know, goals because you, you might have a bonus coming. So all that stuff kind of factors in, uh, but yeah, I can tell you, a hundred percent. The Eagles don't care. Uh, they just want to score however they score. Um, and they don't give a, a flying, you know what, and they usually take care of players when it comes to those contract. Um, if somebody's close and there's a unique situation where they don't get a, a potential, um, uh, um, uh, a contract stipulation, they, they, they give it to them anyway. So they generally built up that goodwill as well. It just, I'm sorry. It annoys me when people, but Jalen didn't throw any touch. Who cares if he does? John, 
He's number four in the National Football League in uh, rushing touchdowns this year. Actually, excuse me, he's tied for third. Mozart has 11. Uh, Edwards has 10. He and Christian McCaffrey, who is a touchdown machine, have nine apiece. So why don't we emphasize the fact that Jalen is third in the National Football League in rushing touchdowns? Instead, we say, yeah, well, he's middle of the pack in touchdown passes. Well, but you don't take into consideration the touchdowns that he runs in. They all count for six points. So why doesn't he get near as much credit for running him in as I think he loses for not throwing him in? I think it's just the old school mentality of uh, quarterbacks are supposed to throw the football. And, you know, there's a there's a group that still said, oh, running quarterbacks can't win a Super Bowl, this and that and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know. The game has changed. The game has evolved. You don't have to like it, but you, you acknowledge it. You know, I, I, you know, talking to Seth, Seth and I bang heads on the pregame show a lot and uh, postgame show. And, you know, he's an old school guy, evidently. And I'm an old school guy. I am. Shouldn't, shouldn't Seth love that? The fact that no, not, I'm not talking about this specific. I'm talking in generalities. I'm not talking okay. about this specifically. Um, but yeah, you know, there's you know, with an old it's it's like I wish you could go back to a different era and play the same way, but you can't. So what I respect about Nick Sirianni is like, all right, tell me the rules and I'll figure out what I can do on, under the rules the best way possible. That's the goal. Not liking it, not accepting it. Nobody hates bubble screens more than me. Nobody, 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 nobody. I truly believe that. Nobody in the country. It has ruined Saturdays for me. I can't stand college systems. I think they're terrible, but that's how you have to play. And it is what it is. I don't like 100 three-point shots in basketball a game. It is what it is. That's what the game has turned into, a math equation. So you try to find ways in that environment to win. And that's the goal. That should be the goal. Um, you don't have to like it, but that should be the goal. And let, let me ask you, because I know you've been very outspoken about bubble screens. How do you define a bubble screen? Because terminology sometimes get mixed. Different people call it different things that are very similar, different uh, by different things. What do you define as a bubble screen? It's basically just the outside screen, the extension of the run game, where they're, it's a, again, it's a math equation. They say, oh, we got numbers. Let's throw it outside to um, Julio Jones. Got two of them yesterday. That's That's it. I think he got a total of five yards. Is and it defined by how far outside the hash marks you catch it? Is it defined by behind the line of scrimmage? How how do you define a bubble screen, I guess, is what I'm asking. Well, well, for me, it's just a quick hitch outside. It's just a quick uh, uh, throw to the receiver. So the outside would be the different. Like the, the pass that uh, uh, Swift caught last night lined up, not in the backfield, uh, kind of in the slot and the quick hitch, that's not a bubble screen because it was inside. It's it, it, it does inside or outside define bubble screen. Well, you usually have a they, you usually have a bunch outside and two guys are out there to block for the other guy. 
So you usually have a bunch and you're saying, all right, we have more numbers than they. If we make the block, maybe we can get, a, maybe we can bust a play. Occasionally you see it. I saw who was uh, a, a tight end. John U. Smith got one 65-yard touchdown a couple of weeks ago as a tight end. You know, some teams do it better than others. There's also yeah. when the Eagles get illegal man downfield penalties, which was a big issue for them early in the Nick Sirianni era, it was usually all on these plays. 90% of the time, not um, always, but because they're downfield blocking a little bit too early. Um, it's just an unesthetic, ugly play. It, it, it's just ugly football. And yeah. that's why I don't like it. It's it's just, it it's, it's ugly. Uh, and the only time it isn't ugly is when a particular fan's team gets a 65-yard touchdown. Then they think it's spectacular, but they forget the 10 other times where it looks like garbage. And, and basically, it's one of those plays, and it comes from college, and college stuff comes from high school, and innovation trickles up in football. And, you know, people figured out, all right, we might only have a couple playmakers, and we got to play with – Alabama or Oklahoma and Bear. let's try to get the ball to our playmaker in space as much as possible. And then it drifted up to the NFL and it's just an ugly play. That's my, that's my, it's, it's ugly football. Um, and the Eagles use it like their life depends on it. But yes, they win they, games. So you, it, you it and, is what it is. You and I see this differently. It can be ugly when it fails, when the wide receiver misses the block, when they don't put, because it's precision, it's timing. You got to get the ball out quick. You got to get it right to them. If it's off a step or a half a step, it can get real ugly real fast. I, I'm with you on that. But when it's run correctly and you get the right blocks, it, I actually think it can be a really pretty play. Uh, for we don't. Use well, that's what I said. Play. If you're if you're rooting for a particular team and it goes for sixty five yards, yeah, I don't give it a be, I don't give a flying fart who. Well, you might have bet on the team. Don't. If it's done correctly, it's a pretty play. Don't care who I'm rooting for. I'm watching the Saints and the Falcons. I don't give. Well, a, it might be a, it might be a betting situation. It might be something of that nature. But okay. you know, and if I'm, something works, it's so. I'm saying. Go back to the Bill Walsh 49ers because they were the most aesthetic team probably of all time. And, 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 and you know, when they would do their intricate plays and, and their playbook, which was so freaking complicated, probably too complicated back in the days when you could prepare, um, that's what I'm talking about. It ain't that. It ain't that when their stuff would work to perfection. And you really said, wow, that's something the West coast offense and all their, their kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah. Beauty is always in the eye of the beholder, but I, I, that particular play has ruined Saturdays for me. I can't stand college football um, because everybody runs the same damn offense um, and it's ugly and it's, and what and and I always say the NFL is shifting too close to that, and it becomes I say it all the time. 
when I, when I talk about analytics, Billy Bean has had an advantage. I always use Moneyball as he had an advantage because he was first and he was doing it when nobody else was doing it. When everybody copies it, it becomes who does it best. And that's what you're talking about. Execution. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you execute it perfectly. Well, how many times the Eagles run it yesterday? What'd they get? Yeah, no. keep I doing it. it. You you define a bubble screen slightly differently than me, and I think that would determine how many times they actually ran it. So, um, they they didn't have a. I wouldn't say they had a good quote unquote bubble screen at all last night. There wasn't one that broke a tackle or uh, got a great no. play. They were much better at uh, the uh, pulling guards from the middle of the offense uh, at guards and. And my lot, they pulled my lot on one play coming all the way across the formation, getting out in front, which was phenomenal. Uh, no, they didn't. They didn't do real well with the quick hitters, other than the swift, quick slant, which was a big play in them winning the game. All right, he's McMahon. I'm McDonald. We we're hoping to get Jeff Carr. Don't know where Jeff Carr is. Uh, he uh, was supposed to hop on with us. We'll continue to effort him. Uh, we still got an hour left to talk about Eagles Chiefs. Stay right here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money 
in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, a.k.a. Macamac here on Bird Street 65. In case you're just streaming in, thanks for jumping in. 21-17 Philadelphia Eagles over the Kansas City Chiefs. It wasn't a pretty game. Uh, John was just calling the bubble screen ugly. Well, if, if the bubble screen is ugly, you call it last night's Eagles-Chiefs game kind of ugly. On both teams' parts, I'm not saying the Eagles or the, the combined, it was an ugly game. But it was also a beautiful game because it was competitive throughout. Yeah, Kansas City built up a 10-point lead, but they could have been up by even more. They were so dominating the game. And the Eagles hung tough, played D, made a couple of big plays. Devontae Smith, huge catch uh, that put them in position to win that game. And that's what the Philadelphia Eagles do. They win. They have a habit of winning. They find a way to win. They have a toughness to them, and they've got a bit of a clutch gene in them that has helped them get to nine and one again, second consecutive year. They are nine and one. So that's the uh, the overview. Um, breaking news, John, in the NFL, and I got a text back from Kerr, and he said, "Sorry, uh, the Matt Canada firing has his attention, and he's got to whip something up for CBSSports.com." Uh, Matt Kennedy, the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers, was given his walking papers this morning. A lot of times when this happens in season, when a coordinator, a key coach, not talking a head coach, but another coach on the team, gets fired in the middle of a season, I think that it's scapegoating, that that you need to do something. You have to you have to make a sacrificial offering, offering to your fan base as to why something isn't working. So somebody's got to pay for it with their job. Uh, it reminds me of the Penn State offensive coordinator a couple of weeks ago when they got beat. Um, I saw a great stat on Penn State this year. Um, they had the longest consecutive game streak of scoring 30 points in the entire country. No team had scored 30 straight going back into the middle of last year, into this year, over 30 points every single game. And then he got fired because they did absolutely nothing against Ohio State, and they can't fire Franklin because he's got too much time to run on his contract. So there's got to be a, a sacrificial offering. I was the offensive coordinator. Here with Matt Canada, I think it's deserved. I, I'm sorry. I, I know we don't watch the Steelers the same way we watch the Eagles, but I can check the box score afterwards and watching that Cleveland-Pittsburgh uh, game on, on Sunday. The Pittsburgh offense just flat out stinks. There's no creativity to it. There's nothing different or special about it. Uh, I'm, uh, if I'm a Steeler fan, I'm high-fiving my friend today because I don't think Matt Cannon's done diddly squat for the Steelers as their offensive coordinator the last several years. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I'm with you. Typically when um, 
it's in season typically it's a scapegoating situation mm -hmm. uh, obviously you know they have a young quarterback and you want to see improvement uh you know just knowing mike tomlin from what i know it's very uncharacteristic of him um you know he's a continuity guy might come when when a young quarterback when you take a a, a young quarterback on a first round pick other people tend to get involved. I'm not saying that's what happened here, uh, but I could certainly see it happening because it seems very uncharacteristic of, of Mike. Um, and sometimes you have to do things, but yeah, it, it, it typically never works out well because what are you going to do? Over, overhaul the entire offense in, in week 12 and get a young quarterback who's struggling on, on, there might be a blip and people get excited for a week or two and then it usually settles down. Um, and, and you are what you are. Um, uh, and that's for the off season. Um, but typically it's scapegoating. I mean, let's be honest. Usually it is, but I'm, I'm suggesting yeah. it's not in this case, their offenses have been putrid and you, you, you called their car and it all depends on context. You called their quarterback uh, a young quarterback. If you took the 32 quarterbacks that are going to start this week upcoming in the National Football League, John, I'll bet you the Steeler quarterback has more starts than more than half of the quarterbacks in this league. That there are so yeah. many. Well, there's a lot of There's mess. so many injuries that are played. He's young. You're right. But if you're talking about experience, number of starts in the league, and he's only been in the league a year and a half. I'm pretty much guaranteeing he's in the top half that he is not near as inexperienced as a whole bunch of other guys are going to start in the league. And he still looks like it's his first start. Yeah. Well, you always want, uh, and you know that better than anybody as a Jets guy with Zach Wilson, you always want About time. I'm, I can't, can't be happier than Tim Boyle starting the game this week because they just kept trotting out a guy who can't play and proving he can't play and proving he can't play. I'm not ready to say that about Pickett. But I certainly was ready to say it about Zach Wilson. Yeah, and then you have C.J. Stroud and Houston, and you know, it's not like it's there's a rule against young quarterbacks succeeding. Um, but again, it generally goes back to talent. Maybe he's not good enough. You know, maybe that's the problem. Um, I like you haven't watched enough uh, Steelers uh, football. I know they're not playing well offensively. Uh, so from my standpoint, is it going to save your season? Probably not. Uh, if you think it's hurting the quarterback, if you think he's doing a bad job with the quarterback, and, and obviously nobody would know that better than Mike Tomlin, maybe it is real. Maybe it isn't scapegoating because everything, when you do take a quarterback in the first round, everything in your organization has to be on the same page as far as maximizing um, the abilities of that particular player. And if he's not doing it, maybe he deserves to, to lose his job, but then he didn't deserve it in the first place. Um, so I'm not by any stretch of the imagine saying there's not a, a coordinator hasn't deservedly been fired uh, or a head coach because it's a bottom line business, but it's not going to help is what I'm saying. That's for the offseason, and I'm very surprised it's coming from Pittsburgh. 
it is very on Pittsburgh like so unless he went to the Rooney family and you know kicked their dog I don't, I don't it's very uncharacteristic I will say that of Pittsburgh. They, you're right they they are absolutely a, an organization that's built on continuity and the like I think that tells you how bad he was that because this organization, this team, with the way that they usually do things, finally felt the need to pull the plug, I think that tells you how bad Canada has been, as a matter of fact. Um, I know the fans hate them in Pittsburgh. I know that. And I think the fans actually have this one right. Um, um, right <laughs> Got to get Nathaniel Hackett out of North Jersey. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers might be back, so he's not going anywhere. Right, and I I firmly believe that uh, Aaron Rodgers is the reason that uh, they kept their quarterback as long as they did, that he wanted to mentor Wilson and thought he could be the guy to elevate Wilson, which made no sense to me. Why do you even worry about that if you're the starting quarterback? I, uh, I haven't caught that in the whole McAfee interview whenever he's on with McAfee. They never have broken down why he thought, I don't even know if he's cop to it. I've gotten that from Jet reporters that it was Rodgers who said, no, 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 let's keep Zach Wilson and, and uh, between uh, the new system and, and me being able to help him out, um, we, we got a chance to salvage that kid. No, you don't. A uh, couple of teams in the NFL this week who will start quarterbacks with less experience than Kenny Pickett. Jets, Giants. Browns, Bengals. How about Tommy DeVito, by the way? Tommy D. Jets, Giants. I told you to stat on Tommy D yesterday. Um, more touchdown passes in his first two starts as a New York Giant than any Giant quarterback ever. And the Giants have Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And his first two starts, he threw five touchdown passes, which are it boggles one's mind. If you watch the first game, he came in off the bench filling in for Danny Dimes. Um, so yeah, good to, good for Tommy Day. Jets, Giants, Browns, Bengals, Titans. Who do you think's got more starts, Pickett or Minshew? Gardner started pretty much yeah, the entire big... year that one year. Yeah, probably. Uh, that's that's probably close. Probably I'd pretty say close because Trubisky because got a couple year... starts last year before Pickett took over too. Yeah, and I think Gardner... that's pretty close. Gardner's getting some significant starts this year as well. So probably but, Gardner. Uh, rookie with the Raiders, Dobbs with the Vikings, uh, Panthers starting a rookie. There's there's at least 12 or 13 teams out of 32 teams. Yeah, but you know what, what, what most of those teams uh, also have in common? They're not very good offensively. Um, most, not all, obviously. C.J. Stroud. Uh, being most notable, uh, Gardner's at 30 starts, um, so far. He's got 30, okay, so he's got more than because Pickett's got to be in the 20 somewhere because he started, uh, all 11, all, all nine this year, but probably had 12 or 13 last year. So, yeah, Minchu wasn't sure about, um, but there are a bunch of well, and Jordan Love, I think he's got more starts then. So I'm telling you, it's probably close to half in the National Football League. All right. McMullen and McDonald coming back. We still got more to cover on the Eagles and the Chiefs. Um, I need to get John's take on 
what the weather did to last night's game. I mentioned that Kansas City dropped a bunch of balls on Mahomes last night. Watson, Kelsey, the biggest one of them all, Marquez Valdez, Scandling. It didn't seem to have an adverse effect on the Eagles. Um, I, I don't think that the, the weather, we complained and bemoaned the condition of the field so much in the Super Bowl, which had an adverse effect on both teams, maybe slightly more for the Eagles because they have speed pass rushers. Uh, even though it was raining, as John said, the entire game, I don't think it played much of a factor in the game. Uh, and if it did, did it affect more team one one team more than the other? I right, we get that from Johnny Mac when we come back. McMullen McDonald here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles.
He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Mac and Mac Birds 365 on the day after. As big a win. I know the Cowboys are the Cowboys and they're the rivals. And I know the Cowboys are the, within the division and within the conference and all the tiebreakers. And that adds importance to the games. But the Cowboys also get another shot. They They do have to play the Cowboys twice. Their matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs, a rematch of last year's Super Bowl, a potential preview of this year's Super Bowl, only going to happen once during the regular season. May happen again in the postseason, much like they may play the Cowboys a third time come the postseason. Uh, this is as big a game as they were going to play this year. And I know they got the Niners coming up in a couple of weeks, and the Niners are two games off the Eagles' flank in the NFC, but they do have three losses. If it was like the Lions only have two, the Lions are only one game behind the Eagles San Francisco's two behind, which takes a little luster off that particular matchup. This, to me, was as big a game during the regular season as the Eagles were going to play because of what has transpired previously, because of where Kansas City was at, where the Eagles were at. Much like uh, last year, they went into the Super Bowl with the same exact record. They had the same record. Uh, Some people say that Kansas City, the Eagles were the favorite in the game because they had demolished their NFC opposition in the postseason, Kansas City had to sweat out both of their games, including a last-second field goal in the AFC Championship game. But did that make them more playoff-tested tough? There's there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. But they had the same record coming into the Super Bowl last year, and one team won and one team lost. And that made, for my money, Kansas City the best team in the National Football League. Well, not this year. They came in, and if Kansas City had to win to pull even with the Eagles, they did not. So now there are two games left behind. John, am I making too much of the records at the 10-game mark in a 17-game season, the fact that the Eagles are 9-1 and one, and the only team within one game of them is the Detroit Lions? Yeah, yeah, because that's not the Eagles' goal. Um, they, you know, they, they're, they, they were pretty – on point during the week, you know, they want to win the game for the obvious reasons. They want the number one seed. Um, first is first goal is NFC. East. Second goal is number one seed. Third, third goal, obviously. And for them, the only goal is Super Bowl. Um, Cause it's a Super Bowl or bus season for this team. No doubt about it. And the easiest way to get there is to get that number one seed. So they had to keep winning games because Looked like they were going to get a little bit of help from Chicago, surprisingly, but the, the Bears uh, fell apart um, late in the game against Detroit. Um, and then, yeah, they had a little bit of advantage on, on Dallas and San Francisco. But I got to tell you, right now, the team playing the best is San Francisco again. Um, and Dallas... Um, they play them again in in, 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 in AT&T Stadium where they've won like 12 straight or whatever it is. That's a very difficult place to play. So it, it may – objects may appear a little bit closer uh, in the rearview mirror. Uh, so from that perspective, I, I think they got to keep winning. So it's a big game. It's a big game for that reason. But as I said from day one when the schedule came out, it's an AFC game. If you are going to lose a game, and you don't want to lose a game, but if you are going to lose a game, it's best to lose it out of conference because of, of, of tiebreakers. So you would uh, you would say that that would be in play this week against the Bills. 
Yeah, same thing. Same, same thing. thing. If, if you, you don't want to lose it because you want to keep that advantage over Detroit and you want to keep San Francisco and Dallas at arm's length. But if you have to lose a game, you you have to lose it against the AFC. It is it is, and that's every team inter interconference. You would rather lose to if you're going to lose a particular game, you would rather have it be out of conference than in conference, and certainly in division. Um, so in division is most important than in conference than than interconference. But you want to win them all. And the Eagles wanted to win this game. And specifically, as, as as we've said with Nick Sirianni, and Nick has kind of pointed out, use it if it helps you. Nick didn't want to lose to Andy Reid again. Did not want to lose to Andy Reid. That was his fuel. Um, you know, there was a, a funny moments. Everybody was yelling at uh, our, our buddy Elliot Shore Parks from WIP because he picked the Chiefs to win. Um, and he said – he picked them to win because they had the better quarterback and the and the better coach. So Nick was chiding him a little bit. BG was chiding him a little bit. Um, they didn't pay attention to the people that picked them to win. Uh, a lot of people picked them to win. They didn't pay any attention to that. Right. Don't mention that after the fact, right? Yeah. They just focused on, um, and obviously WIP is their flagship station, so they're all on there and they they hear it um so that's part of it as well but nonetheless they hold on if it helps you use it um but yeah from a logical standpoint if you said the eagles have to lose one or two more games pick the afc games that that would that would that would be the best case scenario. I, I get the math of it, and the, the, the math is indisputable. It is what it is. But I think there is certain games, because of situation where the teams are at, what has previously happened, that get added value to them. They're, they're above and beyond the just regular tie-breaking rule math, and I believe Kansas City was that. And the Buffalo, if it had been reversed – and they had played Buffalo first, and then they had played Kansas City second. We wouldn't even have this conversation. The Kansas City game would be that much more important than the Buffalo game because it would be one game later. Now that the Kansas City game has come and gone, I still think the Buffalo game – I think they could lose the Buffalo game this week. Now, lose at home, losing Kelly Green, it could be a little added value there too. But after beating Kansas City and getting a win – against the team that you lost to and beating a coach you've never beaten before. I think there's added value to it, above and beyond tiebreaker math that comes into play. That's why I think last night's win was as uh, By the way, I, I, and I knew this would happen. I was talking to Slay leading up to the game, and I posted a clip of uh, the interview where he was talking about the game, and he said, flat out, it's not a rivalry game. It's it, it, I thought they would not take it well, the fan base. They did not take it well. Um, but he flat out said, it's not, we have no animosity for this team. We, this is not a rivalry. This is not, this is not a rivalry game for us. This is a, he called it a reintroduction that they have different players. We have different players. Um, and he's super competitive, the Darius Slay. He wants to win every game. But it's not a rivalry. Maybe it'll get to that point. They don't see each other enough. 
it's basically a love fest. You know, the Kelsey brothers, uh, Sirianni loves Andy Reid, respects Andy Reid, vice versa. Andy loves Philadelphia, um, uh, loves this organization. It's not a rivalry. I, I I know it's not it's not it's not a blow off steel cage match or and again the Eagles didn't win anything last night. The Chiefs had their reigns and Nick said it a couple times. He's like, would I rather would I trade this one for February? Damn right. But yeah, they wanted to win the game. But did, yeah, in this conversation with Slay, did you follow up with him and ask? Well, what are who are your rivals? Did did he define what he considers a rivalry game? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, he's like Dallas. Obviously, is 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 the Eagles' biggest rival right now. Uh, the only reason Washington and the Giants aren't is because they stink. Rivalries are are bred out of them. Uh, the greatest rivalries in the NFL. Baltimore-Pittsburgh has been the best for a number of years because they've both been pretty good and they both have animosity and, and they see each other twice a year. They're in-division rivalries. Um, you know, when I covered uh, uh, Minnesota, Minnesota-Green Bay was Brett Favre and, and Denny Green's Vikings were very good. It was a great rivalry. When Chicago's good, Green Bay, great rivalry. Um it's always in division, Jody. Those are the rivalries in the NFL. Those are the rivalries. So the Eagles have three rivalries. Giants, Commanders. Well, occasionally you have a where you see a team like San Francisco could turn into a rivalry. San Francisco and Dallas back in the day when when they were seeing each other in the playoffs year after year after year in the same conference. Yes, it's really difficult to have a rivalry out of conference very very difficult because obviously the only way the the eagles are going to see kansas city again is if they make this both make the super bowl and a lot of things have to happen can it happen sure does it happen dallas buffalo i think is the last one if i'm correct um uh, it doesn't happen often um and it's really hard to deliver on the familiar aspect that a rivalry needs to turn into a rivalry. Whether you look at, you go to other sports, Yankees, Red Sox, Sixers, Celtics back in the day, um, was put on the cover of Sports Illustrated during the Irving, Larry Bird. It was the greatest rivalry in sports. The greatest rivalry in all of sports. It was a lot of revisionist history. Now it's People say Lakers. No, no, no. It was Sixers Celtics. Um, they were at one point. It was absurd. It was like thirty-five and thirty-five. That's how close it was. Um, it was the greatest rivalry in sports, and you have to have that familiar nature to the to the opponents. But I mean, right? But would you not suggest that the Celtics and the Lakers have surpassed the Celtics and the Sixers? Well, yeah, but they played every year almost, and every every year, unless well, isn't that you know, what a rivalry is? You're telling me you have to have the familiarity. Well, what is playing every year but familiarity? Well, they they played every year. Yes, it was a rivalry, but because they saw each other so much. Now, if you tell me the Eagles and the Chiefs playing the next three Super Bowls, it'll probably develop into a legitimate rivalry. That's not going to happen. 
I'm telling you right now, that's not going to happen. Um, if it does happen. Forget about the next three, February. You don't think it's a rivalry if they play again in February? No. No. Wow. Yeah, I, no. I disagree with you. I disagree with Slay. It's because, again, more than just volume, the number of matchups, it's Andy Reid against Philadelphia. That adds to it. No, that what you're, makes you're, it a rivalry. That, that, Ask Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham because Andy specifically went out of his way to go, I, 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 these guys I are unbelievable guys. that they're still playing at the level that they are and they played for me a decade ago. So that adds to it. It's Mahomes against Hurts. It's the two best quarterbacks in football. Were last year, were this year. Yeah, neither one of them put up big numbers last night, but I'm telling you they'll still be 1-2 in the MVP coming into the game. Uh, it's Sirianni against Reed. Uh, yeah, I know that the volume isn't what it's supposed to be, but what the games have meant since uh, Sirianni took over, the three games that they played have been so huge. You had a fourth well, one we're, we're, we're it. years in the Super Bowl, and you're going to go, sorry, no, Eagles, Eagles commanders has to be a bigger rivalry because they play more often. No, I I, I'm not. I, you, you, you're arguing a different thing. Is it a rivalry to the fan base? Yes. It is a rivalry to certain media people who want to make it into a rivalry? Yes. Is it a rivalry to the players? No. I talked to a bunch of them. It's not just Slay. That's who I'm talking about. Is it a rivalry to the players? And and there's the video proof of Slay and some other guys talked about it as well. And as Nick said, Nick himself, who badly wanted to beat Nick uh, Andy Reid because he's... All right, so uh, one of the teams you mentioned was the Giants. Are the Giants a rivalry to any of the current Eagle players? No, because they you, you need... Okay, so then, then the answer is one. they got one yes, rival. Yes, right now, now they have one, one rival. meaningful okay, rival. Then, then yeah, I agree with Slay. If they have one, if that's it, if, if you want to take it down to Eagles, Cowboys... And all other games are created well, equal. The, Whoever the, the Eagles the, are playing, it doesn't matter. If it's not Eagles-Cowboys, that's their one rivalry. Okay, I'll buy that. The 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 Kindling doesn't have a rivalry with fire. Great commercial. Alec Baldwin, John Krasinski. They were talking about Yankees and Red Sox. It was great commercial. At the time, the Yankees were dominating, and they made a joke. Uh, Kindling does not have a rivalry with fire. That's where the Giants and the Eagles are. That could turn immediately, immediately. Uh, in fact, the Giants rivalry could be more because of the, the the closeness of the fan bases. If they ever get good again, that will ignite immediately, similar to uh, Washington, maybe to a little bit of a lesser degree. For every other team, it it it. it and again, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about, the, the fan base hates everybody. They hate San Francisco because they were in the championship game. I got in crap when when they, when they the Eagles beat Minnesota because I used to cover the Vikings and I put on Twitter, Jody. I said, the Vikings did a, a social media tweet about Green and the Eagles fans took it as an affront. I said, you do know they're talking about the Packers. That's their rival. And Eagles fans were like, no, no, no. They're talking about the – no, they're not. They're talking about the Packers. Right. So I'm not talking about the fan base. I'm talking about the players 
and the organization. Their rivals are the Dallas Cowboys, obviously, by far number one, because they're a good team. The Giants would be, but they're terrible. So right. it's tough to get too excited. And Washington is not good either. But those are their rivals. I mean, right. So I don't my, think anybody. My point can was that. if it was supposed to be a big deal that Slay said they're not a rival to us, well, then yeah, they're one of 31 others. They're they're in the mix with the other 31. Because as the way that you and I have just this divine defined rival, the Eagles have one rival. So when Slay goes, well, they're not a rival. Okay, they're one of the other 30 that aren't rivals. So what? Well, I mean, it's not a rivalry game is what he said. In other words, if Ohio State ends up playing uh, uh, whomever, uh, if they end up playing Georgia in the national championship game or Oklahoma or somebody, you know, TCU last year, whatever, are they rivals with the national championship? No. Uh, Michigan State's rival is uh, uh, Michigan is Ohio State, and to a certain lesser degree, Michigan State, Penn State, and all that. Um, Alabama's Georgia. But those are rivals. The, the championship game does not manifest a rivalry. Are people Do people want to win that game? Of course you want to win the championship game. And that's why Nick rightfully said, yeah, I'd like to trade it for February. It's not the same. They weren't chasing rings. All I'm saying is, and all Slay was saying, and he got shat upon for it because fans don't want to hear that. To them, it's not a rivalry. That's all I'm trying to say. And I understand it. I just wanted to see if you could define what is or isn't a rivalry for me. If we're going to make a big deal out of Slay not saying it's a rivalry, okay, I'll, I'll buy it, Slay, if you only consider the Cowboys as your only rival. Then, right, I would put Kansas City with everybody else. That that, that does Well, he would sense. say the Giants. He would say the Giants are a bigger rival. He would say um, the, the commanders are so the rivalry rival. is based purely on how often you play them, not yeah. – not well uh, back when he was in Detroit he had, the game. Back when he was in Detroit, he had a mainly played on some bad teams, but their rivals were the Bears and the Packers and the Vikings. That's how it works. That's those were their rivals. Right. Um, and uh, I, and Darius is an NFL player. I'm a stupid talk show host. Uh I would look at it as and competitiveness. Often well, yeah, that, matching up comma and competitiveness. So if you're asking me right now, today, as we sit here, who's a bigger rival, the Kansas City for the Philadelphia Eagles, the Kansas City Chiefs or the New York Giants, I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs because they played them twice in the last several months. They played them three years before that. Uh, Andy Reid had won the first two. Eagles stuck them last night and got the W. And the Eagles have peed on the Giants the last three times they played them. So despite the fact that they played the Giants much more often, the non-competitive, the, the nature to me would make it enough of a non-rivalry. And I would, in even though it's less frequently the case, doesn't happen as often, I would consider the Chiefs a bigger rival than the Giants. That's just me. Yeah, well, anybody can consider, you know, anything personally. They might not see them again for four years. I mean, that's possible. Right. I mean, it is very possible they don't see that team again uh, for four years. And it's very um, possible that the Giants stay kindling, as you just said. Yeah. Fire and, fire and kin kindling don't have a rivalry. 
And if the Giants stays kindling, yeah, the, the Giants are and, and that, in two weeks at the end of the year. Who really cares? And amongst amongst the rivals of each particular team, it varies by who's good at that particular time. Like when when Mike Ditka was with the Bears, uh, the Packers and the Vikings and the Lions hated the Bears the most. When uh, you know Brett Favre took off with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, and they had that long run everybody hated the packers the most it always deals with success that's number one and certainly from the standpoint of cowboys fans and giants fans and commanders fans i guarantee you they hate the eagles the most because they're the best team but the eagles biggest rival today is obviously the dallas cowboys and a lot of people will say it's always the Cowboys. No, it's not. They have to be good. And if the Giants were good, and the Giants were good in the Bill Parcells era, and then it was the Giants. They were the biggest rival. And even if you go back to Joe Gibbs, you got to go back a long time for Washington. Then it was Washington. And right. people and hated Washington. What annoys the snot out of Eagle fans, and again, I know this because – uh, I was at one point a cowboy fan in my life, so knew other cowboy fans and the like. Uh, if you, depending on when you became a fan of the team, that's how you look at the rivalry. Very few players, uh, people go back and go, "Yeah, but 20 years before I became a fan, here's what was in place." Uh, they just don't do that. The, there is a high percentage of cowboy fans who consider the Redskins slash the football team slash the commanders, their number one rival, not the Eagles. And I know that annoys the snot out of Eagle fans. Uh, for the, How dare you say someone other than the Eagles is the Cowboys' number one rival? Ask a 50-year Cowboy fan who, over the 50 years, who is their biggest rival. Those oh, yeah. Tell Red, you that it, it was, you know, Cowboys, yeah, Cowboys, Redskins in the days of the Redskins. Well, and that's where I got in trouble. That's why I brought up the social media. They could not, I swear to you, Jody, I could search the technique. They would not believe that the Viking social media account, on a week they were playing the Packers, by the way, that they were talking about the Packers because they mentioned green. And the Packers, for those who don't know, are green and gold. And that's what they were talking about. But the fans don't want to hear that. Um, it is what it is. All right, Johnny Mac, I got one more question for you. Has to do with playing time, has to do with the defensive line. We'll come back. Final segment, Birds 365, next here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Matt back here on Bird 365 coming down the home stretch. Um... Johnny Mac, after the game, went to bed last night. They hadn't put up the uh, snap counts yet. Uh, and I, I researched it, looked at it this morning. Um, Josh Reddick and, uh, excuse me, uh, Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat both played more than 85% of the snaps at defense. Too much. Too much. That's where I'm going. Um, they've got a great, and I mean great, four-man tackle rotation going right now between Fletcher and Milton Williams, who's usually the short straw as far as number of snaps goes. And he was again last night, and it still didn't keep him from making a couple major plays in that game. Milton Williams played great last night. And then the two big young dogs in the middle from Georgia. Between those four, they got a great four-man rotation right now going at defensive tackle. I think they even threw Marlon in there for a snap or two last night, but but, but very little. Uh, but those four in the middle have been phenomenal. Um, but on the outside, they're getting really sweat and Reddick heavy logged number of snaps. And I know Derek Barnett didn't did he even make the trip. Did you see him on the sidelines last? I know he's out for quote unquote personal reasons, but do you did know not did up? not see Derek? Did not see Derek. Um, at all. So I do not think he was there, but I cannot uh, confirm that. Um, but yeah, I, and, and by the way, on Milton Williams, he, he had to leave with a concussion. So that's right. something. Right uh, into his snaps. Yeah, something to keep an eye on in what is a short week. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, it's Nolan Smith and Nolan's not getting reps. and Not getting um, reps. He got yeah. five reps all game, John. 
He played yeah. five snaps. Not only is he not getting reps, he got less reps last night than he usually gets with Derek Barnett not even in the mix. So it's yeah. all sweat and all Redick. And uh, here comes the old school, Jordy Mack. The best player should play the most. Uh, and the best two defensive end on the Eagles are Sweat and Reddick. And that means I want him out there as often as possible. But that's not the way things are done in the National Football League this year. Uh, this this point in, in football history. That's not the way the Philadelphia Eagles over the last several years. Sirianni, Howie Roseman, the powers that be that are the Eagles have merited out snaps along the defensive line. They love their rotation. But you have to have faith that you're putting guys in that can get the job done in that rotation. They're going awfully heavy on Sweat and and uh, Hassan. Should Eagle fans be worried? A little bit. I mean, they're trying to win a game. But number one, they, they played way too many snaps on defense because the offense couldn't stay on the field. That's true, too. Game. Good point. So, um, that typically uh, will help alleviate the situation a little bit. And I do think as the season wears on, they had Brandon Graham on a pitch count. They're starting. They want him to be sort of the closer. Uh, and he made that weird play where he jumped off sides. It was a big play, but he got back and they jumped and they called it a false start. Uh, veteran move, at least from Brandon, turning a mistake into something that helped him. Um, so right now it's three guys. And, um, a, you need to be more effective offensively to bring the the snap counts down. But yeah, they wanted four guys. They wanted four guys, and honestly, they wanted five guys. And Barnett didn't work, and Nolan Smith isn't working yet. So they're down to three guys they can count on. Um, and yeah, that's a little bit of concern because we talked about this is obviously the strength of their team defensively. The defensive front as a whole, they they go in with that. You want four at least four guys at both positions, interior, outside, and right now they don't have that fourth guy that they can count on. And they've been looking; they didn't have it last year. That's why they brought in Robert Quinn. They can't find that fourth guy, and they've completely forgotten about Patrick Johnson, except for special teams. Um, so he's not in the mix. They don't have the fourth guy right now. And it's got to be, if it's going to come from the roster and they can't, you know, you can sign somebody off the street, but you're not going to get much help there. Um, they're not going to pick somebody on waivers. They're 32nd at the waiver wire. If there's anybody of value, they're going to get plucked on waivers. Um, it's got to be Nolan Smith. And right now we've seen no evidence of it. No evidence that they believe it's going to happen anytime soon either. You you would hope at least if he's a rookie, he looks like a rookie, and the startup question too much. And he just you would and you mentioned it earlier in the show. You were okay with Brown and Ricks playing snaps last night in the slot because at least you're getting the benefit of them getting experience, and you hope at some point it's going to pay for you somewhere down the road. They're not even going there with Nolan Smith. It's. Yeah. They're only throwing them in to get Sweat or Reddick off the field. Maybe they're asking out that they just run out of gas, two or three straight pass plays, and they rush and they go, yeah, let me get a quick breather. And that's the only way Nolan Smith gets into the game. They don't even trust them enough to put him in other than when they're basically forced to do so. That's not good, John. 
No, and, 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 you know, it's a little bit different. I, I don't think, you know, and we'll see. I don't, I don't think Ricks is going to be getting, you know, I think as Roby gets off the pitch count, I think that turns in, and especially as we get later into the season, it's going to be basically all Roby in the slot. I think that's where they're going. That the, the Sydney Browns a little bit different because they're using this big nickel now package because they think they have three safeties and they they lost a linebacker. So essentially, they would take Morrow off the field, and it would be Zach Cunningham with Kevin Byard as the linebackers and and Sidney Brown and Reed Blankenship at safety. Um, that I could see continuing at least a little bit here and there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they have too much confidence in, in Reddick and Sweat and Graham, and they're not on pitch counts except for Brandon, and that's going to alleviate. And those are – three really good players when you know they're in a different category than a bradley roby all right my my boy dominique is uh taking a shot at me on the screen again it's clear jody doesn't know what he's talking about about nolan smith john please explain to the people for me and to me since according to dominique i don't understand what's going on with uh nolan smith his five snaps last night that he played what am I missing? How how am I not understanding? I don't know. What did he say you were Nolan, missing? I, it's I clear Jody not. doesn't know what he's talking about with Nolan Smith. Here's what I said. He got five snaps in a game where your other substitute defensive end, Brandon Graham, as you just said, is on a pitch count. They're not going to put him out there for half of the snaps. So you've already got a reduced um potential defensive uh rotation guy in the mix you've got uh one that was not active last night because of personal reasons so for a team that does rotate guys on a defensive end last night they got a first round draft pick number 30 in the draft who played five snaps what am i missing am am i misstating something am i overstating something you would think that at this stage, a first-round draft pick, number 30 overall, in a position of need on a night where they sat a guy for personal reasons and didn't really dress a replacement for him, would have gotten more than five snaps. How am I misdescribing where Nolan Smith sits with the Philadelphia Eagles right now? If you can educate me, please. I'd love to be educated. Yeah, well, it wasn't my criticism. No, he's not. He hasn't earned uh, more snaps, and that's a little bit of a disappointment. Not saying that they're going to give up on him, but uh, the hope would be that he would be playing more at this point. There's some concern over his shoulder as well, and that being uh, a little bit more of an issue than people realized. Um, he himself gave that quote where we all – kind of looked up and called it his shoulder, his baby. And he said, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, uh, which kind of raised some eyebrows. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's he hasn't earned playing time. And there was an opportunity um, with Derek Barnett being out, not a ton of snaps, but five could have turned into 12, 
15 at the most, and that would be very helpful uh, when it comes to keeping Hassan Reddick and uh, Josh Sweat as fresh as possible for the stretch run. And right now they don't feel they have it. That's why they're not doing it. Thank you. That's pretty much what I said, but you said it. So maybe you'll uh, not be called on the carpet the way I am for pointing out that in a night where he probably needed to play some, you would just judge as per what the Eagles have done with their defensive end snaps. And I won't even go back to previous regime. I'll just take it from Nick Sirianni and go forward. Your fourth defensive end usually gets more than five snaps the way that the Eagles handled their business and have over the last several years. So I'm sorry that I had to point out the facts of the situation. And I thought it was a legitimate question, but some people don't like me pointing out when there are some legitimate questions, because again, you got to remember the main things, the main thing Jalen. Well, you know, when, when, when people like a certain player, it's very hard to uh, say anything. There's a certain safety. Well, I don't think it has anything to do with liking Nolan Smith. I think it has to do with, disliking me and easy enough to take a shot from our number one Jaquaski Tart fan here in the Delaware Valley. Uh, anytime you can take a shot at, at Jody Mack, he does so because well, you're taking a shot back. That's why Jody. No, That's a rivalry. What, are you, what are you talking about? You got a rivalry going with, uh, you got a rivalry. No, we have, we have fire and kindling is what we have. <laughs> uh, J Mac, I say we do this again tomorrow. You up for it? Yeah, well, hopefully I'll be up. I'm trying to get what back. What time's today. your flight? Uh, it's not till tonight. I got to go to DC, then I'm back to Philly. So I'm not getting. I'm gonna be. Uh, I'll be in the home studio, but I'll be uh, tired again. I do do me a favor when you go to DC. Uh, you got a layover. You got a half an hour. You got forty five yeah. minutes. To, okay, but, go to the uh, gift shop or whatever. See how many. Eagle t-shirts are there and see how many cowboy t-shirts are there. Because I need to learn more about rivalries, apparently. I don't understand. Well, you got a big rivalry going. You got a steel cage match. Slay does. Um, So I need to know. I'm going to take a little bit of a shot here that you won't be able to find either a cowboy or an eagle t-shirt in either of those two. That that they're both considered rivals enough that they won't sell them. Maybe they do. Maybe they They don't. They might. They're close enough. I'll tell you what, there were no Eagle shirts in the Kansas City airport. Couldn't find that. one last night, huh? Nope, not one. Good good for them in Kansas City because it'd be the same thing here in Philadelphia. You wouldn't find any cheap stuff here either. All right, you got Mac and Mac. We'll both be back tomorrow. Travel permitted by Mr. McMullen getting back from Kansas City. But we plan on being here in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.